And we're live in Joe Thomas's dining room on eating a munchie box. We've got we've got a munchie where is the munchie box from, Joe? Was it Blue Sky China or Blue China Sky? Blue China Sky. Blue China Sky. Blue China. It's your local takeaway. China. And I would like all of you guys to get on Twitter, all ten of you. Well, all used to get on Twitter and to bombard Blue China Sky, sponsor first time films. It didn't work with Danny's Diner. Never got back to it. <laughs> so I'm hoping that we'll be of more success. Right, okay, we know who we're going to be talking about today. If you've seen the title of the show, you know what we're going to be talking about. Harvey right? Weinstein. What? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? No. Oh. You know I don't edit this shit. You know that's going to be there forever. <laughs> Just a Weinstein reference right off the bat. <laughs> That's like me going to eat, sleep, 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 sleep and just talking about Chris, Chris Benoit for the first 20 minutes. <laughs> Ross McLeod is here, How are you? how's it going? Well, I was enjoying a munchie box there before someone mentioned Chris Benoit. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Now I'm just kind of, uh, I think I'll go, lads. <laughs> this is it. Can I take a, a doggy bag with me? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, 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 honestly, it's fine. I'm, I'm right. done eating for the evening. Ross is usually on the wrestling show. We're, you know who's starring in this movie, you know who we're going to talk about. You two have don't watch wrestling. Who did you like when you were young? Oh. I, I liked... Uh, this might show your age. <laughs> I don't care. I was a Shawn Michaels fan. Yeah? For sure, yeah. Shawn Michaels was the man, I think. Was it the, who was it called? The, the Too Cool Crew? Who was it? Oh, too Cool. Rikishi. Too cool, Rikishi, uh, was it? Scotty Too Hard. Grandmaster. Sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Grandmaster sexy. <laughs> Shit was, it was just so funny. It was just so funny. <laughs> yes! Official <laughs> reference right off the bat. That's what it is. Every, not every, like, Supreme's retweet show, there's this guy, Gary. Shout out to Gary Kernan, who's adamant that a Vista reference <laughs> must be made every show, regardless of the topic. You see, this, this happened on, we did a hardcore title show. Right. And we mentioned Viscera <laughs> holding the title for seven minutes, which, in hardcore okay. title terms, was like five years. <laughs> yeah. It just, the next week we did a show and Gary went, oh Viscera, I loved Viscera. <laughs> and it just went for there. He actually texted me before doing a show like, mate, I'm determined to get a Viscera reference in. We're talking about <laughs> Viscera who was £500 and they're talking about the cruiserweight division. <laughs> is, he, is he alive? No, he's, he's, he died. He died, yeah. He was the one that had the blonde mohawk, right? Yes, he yeah, did. Yeah. He changed, they became Big, Big Daddy V later on. Big Daddy V, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I like Shawn Michaels because when we were growing up, Shawn Michaels was always the most entertaining part of the show. I thought, like, because around about two thousand six, that whole DX stuff as well just makes it. That was we that were the Road Dog, right? Road Dog was it? Was Road Dog came back in Raw <laughs> on Monday. Are you serious? He came I back because Jeff, like oh. Jeff Jarrett came back in Monday, and then Road Dog was originally his roadie. That's oh, when I he got his name. Back. So I, I think Stone Cold Steve Austin has always been. Oh, I, yeah. I had a rant about Stone Cold and Suplex Retweet the other day. Which I really did appreciate. Yeah, because yeah, he is a bastard. He just <laughs> The reason he left WWE in 2003 because they like they asked, will you lose to this up-and-coming young talent? Hey, Rob, to Hogan as well, though. Well, Hulk Hogan always did that, but he gets shit from it for Fair the enough. fans. But Stone Cold never. <laughs> but he was like, do you want to lose to this up-and-coming talent who we're really high on right now? He brought Lesnar. And he was like, fuck that, I'm away. <laughs> so he was like... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I like how everyone. As if this goes, guy could actually beat me up. <laughs> I like how they always go. Oh, but it was because it was on a raw. Mm-hmm. You don't get to dictate when you lose. Mm. It's scripted. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I wanted to get that out of the way because we actually do have some exclusive news on our podcast this week mm-hmm. from the world of wrestling. Yes. So, Kaylee Ray. Top Scottish independent star, mm. famed uh, women's wrestler in ICW, currently the world of sport wrestling champion in ITV, 
we can tell you exclusively on first time films that she has agreed to sign with the WWE. Big news. Big news, Ross McLeod. What do we make of this? Well, just no way connect you, but she lost the title. Did she? <laughs> yeah. When? Uh, she... <laughs> <laughs> so, Kayleigh Ray... I'm very upset about that. So, so one of the sports are doing a tour, and I believe she lost... I can't remember who she lost it to, mm-hmm. but then whoever she lost it to lost it to B Presley. Mm. So... Uh, it was sort of like a shock factor of the tour. I think everyone expected Kayleigh to lose because yeah. she showed up at NXT UK Blackpool. Right. And then the next night they changed it again. Oh. Well, she's no longer that champion, but she's with WWE, I can tell you that. <laughs> breaking, two breaking news stories. Two breaking, well, one, one actual breaking news, one that just like... One that broke David's heart. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, anyway, Kayleigh Ray's sign with the WWE is big news, especially with the current landscape uh, of wrestling right now. Uh, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks have announced they're launching a big company with the backing of Fulham's owners, the Fulham owner's son. Right. I can't remember his name, so big, big news. Uh, can. Yeah, can, something can. <laughs> so big news for the WWE and signing sure. Hillary, which is very good. Mm. Well, we're going to the film now. Going to the mm. film we're talking about this week. Oh, joy. Fast Five! <laughs> Fast Five! <laughs> Fantastic. 2011 movie directed by Justin Lin, who... Do you know some of his other famous films? No. Don't actually. Jack Higgins is also here, as he is every week. <laughs> and like I said, we're in Joe Thomas's dining room today, so he is with us. Phantom <laughs> Boys. <laughs> yeah. Justin Lin has directed Fast and Furious 5, Fast and Furious 6, yeah, and has signed on to direct Fast and Furious 9 and 10. <laughs> so what happened to 7 and 8? Why did he not get those jobs? Because, uh, what's his name did 7? James Wan. Right. They only did the one. Is and then somebody Justin else did it. James Wan only did the one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's always an Asian director. It's a tradition. The Fast and Furious franchise. No, just, just, <laughs> after to- to after Tokyo Drift, there was no one back. <laughs> 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 Some just said to the Asians. So anyway, the movie's about Cars and The Rock, and it stars The Rock. <laughs> Vin- <laughs> cars and the Rock. It stars The Rock, Groot, and Paul Walker. <laughs> <laughs> And, I mean, one, and Wonder Woman for some uh, reason. Yes, I forgot Wonder oh, Woman. Wow. Yeah, Gal Gadot's in it. Really? Joe hasn't seen the oh, movie. Seen <laughs> the only reason Joe's on the show this week is because we're in his dining room. <laughs> I'm Googling fun facts, so I'll provide... Yeah. You'll provide the insight. <laughs> fun facts. You're the yeah. IT guy. You're fun the guy. facts. You're our guy in the chair. Set, yeah. <laughs> You're our guy in the chair. <laughs> like the superhero Playing the role the of Andy... <laughs> He's our guy in the chair. <laughs> Playing the role of Andy Mitchell, having not seen what we're discussing this week. <laughs> <laughs> So the movie made $626 million uh, at the US box office, had a $125 million budget, however. Um, however, made more than the last one, which made 363 the one before this, all right? Uh, so we'll get back into that in our discussion, because I have a very specific point I want to make. 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, so actually pretty high. Uh, we asked the First Time Films Facebook page uh, what they thought of it. 63% of them gave it a thumbs up. The correct 37% gave it a thumbs down. <laughs> I would have like, gave it a thumbs down, but I was too late to the mm-hmm. uh, to watching it. Um, That's fair. The mm-hmm. So I would have so, given it a thumbs down. So I don't know how that would change it, but still. I'm going to let you have the floor for a minute, because I think you have strong opinions. What's your thoughts on Fast Five, Jack Higgins? Oh, I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know back. See what you feel. Okay, so... I like what they try to do. I like that there's some sort of a relationship between people. The emotional music in the background there just did not work with what no. you were saying. 
like a bit of a tragic watch to be honest I, I hate, I, I'm not a big car, car fan so it's difficult for me to yeah. buy into that mm-hmm. buy into like all these souped up uh, cars and like, the speed and everything like that the sort mm-hmm. of intensity I don't even drive mate so I can't even relate to it. <laughs> <laughs> I love driving a motor um, for a start but like mm-hmm. they just do the relationships in it are just fucking far too simple there's no complexity to any, to any character like Vin Diesel has I think maybe one or two expressions that you can actually pull off but I think it's it's the, uh, it's the, the complex most... themes of the movie that are important because it's about family <laughs> at its core and it doesn't as he fucking mentions about it, 9, no, I don't times. think they bang that in the heads at all I like too much it's subtle you know it's all about the subtlety with this it's just one. so cringy like, every time there's a piece of dialogue I'm just sitting cringing well that, that was one of the things because like obviously I've set Fast Five as our movie for the week Ross have you seen the four movies previous to this what what knowledge of the Fast and Furious franchise did you have going into watching this movie and like did it meet those expectations or did it so, work against them I went on around about uh, 2012 mm-hmm. and the Amazon splurge mm-hmm. and I bought like I'm just thinking like, there's so many film series I've not seen so mm-hmm. I'd never seen Lethal Weapon series I'd never seen The Die Hards I'd never seen there's another one I can't remember Yeah. and I'd never seen The Fast and Furious Okay. and I'd been going I'm going to watch it because this was like the start of The Rocks yeah. mega stardom mm-hmm. this is when he sort of stoked doing the kids films he fell into that trap that yeah. Stallone and Schwarzenegger fell into uh-huh. although some of Schwarzenegger were actually good yeah <laughs> uh, twins and the like. yeah exactly uh, it was certainly no stop my mum will shoot Jesus <laughs> uh, but I went oh, you know what I'll, I'll watch it because people are going it's actually really good it's actually really good mm-hmm. And I bought it, and oh my god! <laughs> so the first one I thought was pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> the second one was awful. Okay. I didn't realise Vin Diesel wasn't in the second. One. <laughs> no, Vin Diesel <clears throat> not in the second in most <clears throat> of the third movies. Like he sat- only comes back for the fourth. I sat watching it going, "What the hell's that bald guy? Where's <laughs> 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 Groot? Wait a second. That bald guy that fucking." <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, like he looks like he's having a stroke or something. Like, I don't know what it is. Like he moves his lips. Like he's this out generation. Of how he's talking. He's this so generation weird. Stallone who just writes himself into movies. Yeah, but he's the main character. Do you know, like he says a he says a line. Like he delivers a line so fucking boring. It's so bland anyway. And then he does like this weird thing with his mouth where like he's trying to. <laughs> Like, as if he's going to say something else, but he can't get, can't get the word out, so his mouth just fucking twitches. Yeah, he's talking, Honestly, he's talking, it's always like a family barbecue, and he preaches about family, and you look at his facial expression <laughs> and go, you look like you'd be rather getting a big shopping. <laughs> so, but I, what was your opinion on the third one? <laughs> so, I'd heard the third one was... Don't mention Vin Diesel again, by the way. <laughs> I'd heard the third one was like, everyone was like, oh, it's completely different. Yeah. And I actually watched it, and for what it was, I'm like, that's actually pretty decent. Mm-hmm. The fourth one, oh my god, the fourth one is mm-hmm. so, so boring. For a Fast and Furious film, it's even more far fetched. Yeah. And this is before they started throwing, you know, submarines at people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was so boring, so I'm like, right, I've stuck with it, I'm gonna watch it for The Rock. Yeah. You know what, it was pretty decent. It was a turn your brain off film, because if I had to think about it anymore, I would have shot myself. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, he is, he definitely, he saved that franchise, mm-hmm. and I think they saved him. Well, that's the fun thing I want to talk about, is after this movie, people in comms and stuff like that started to call The Rock box office Viagra. <laughs> after Fast Five? After Fast Five, because yeah, he came in and he doubled. Sense. People attribute the fact that the franchise doubled from one movie to the next on The Rock, because really? the, the Rock was introduced in Fast and Furious 5. 
and that's when things started turning around. And that's what I want to ask you. Obviously, Joe, The Rock, everyone knows The Rock. Mm-hmm. Is he the only true action star we have today? Like, in the same vein as a Bruce Willis or a Stallone uh, or a Schwarzenegger from back in the day, back in the 80s? Do you think he's a throwback action star like the, those guys were? And do you think we've lost that in he's Hollywood? A throwback, yeah. I, I would say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He matches that kind of throwback style of action movies, but there's no only action star. Who else would you say is on like, the same level on, on as that the rock? action star that you would go out and you go and see a movie because his name is on the poster? Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Jay Gyllenhaal's kind of got a bit of a action though. Yeah, let's say action though. Don't know. Not, maybe not so much like high intensity action, like cars flipping and shit, but he's always in like... Like Nightcrawler uh, and stuff. Nightcrawler's the last film I've seen him in. What? Nightcrawler's the last film I've seen him in. Really? Well, he's going to be in Far From Home. It's the next one I can think of. You mean like over the top action? Not, yeah. I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking yeah, cheesy's well. 80s rampage skyscraper. Tom Cruise still fucking putting out Mission Impossible. <laughs> That's fair enough. I'd say yeah, maybe yeah, Tom yeah. Cruise is like the one you can see like for yeah. that question apart from yeah. The Rock. Um, but talk about Mission Impossible fucking, how old is he? he's 53 maybe a bit older than that the guy's breaking yeah <laughs> but he broke his leg did you see that yeah, shot that. right all um, five foot two of them so Jack The Rock this is the I sort of first movie I can remember seeing The Rock in that was like a big franchise film did you like The Rock no, in I, this movie? it's not it's not I didn't like him I, I just I just didn't, I can't like the movie, I can't like it. There's nothing about it that I enjoy. <laughs> what is this tune? <laughs> Every so often we will giggle with the laughing music. <laughs> um, I, I, can't, I just can't seem to buy into it, and no yeah. matter what, I don't think The Rock could have done anything different mm-hmm. or better. And right. I don't think it would have made an impact on my views on the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest. I think um, this the franchise that done to me, the movie was shite. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been really positive for, for like weeks now, so I've just needed a movie like this. So I agree at everything. Right. Well, uh, but I don't think. Yeah, I think The Rock was actually okay in it um, for what he does. But like, this is one of his first acting. Was it? Is it his first? Did you say? Or is it? Well, it's his first, first like major. Yeah, right. I'd say since the Scorpion King back in the day because he did oh, the movie yeah. too and stuff. Like, he, really, he never really had yeah, to do anything. Know. It wasn't a role where it was like complex for him, which is where. Maybe I would say he earns his money as an actor. Whereas, mm-hmm. like more recently, I've noticed, you know, like, even in comedy films, mm-hmm. things that he's been doing, things like that. Central intelligence. Central intelligence is an example. I love that. Like I, I can't. I, I have seen it. I don't really remember too much, but I do remember him being a lot better in it. And it was a different side to him, a bit more comical, similar to what we we're talking about with Batista and Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. He's very charismatic, and he doesn't show that in this film. Yeah, there's just no dimension to him, and you know. Even in fairness, it's hard to be charismatic. Even some of the way it's been written as well, like the fact that you know he's been he's come in as the, the police, the, like the, the police the guy. agent, the, 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 the typical top, military the man agent. number five. Yeah, but they, they <laughs> hires they hires like the female because she hasn't. Yeah, he, he just unexplicitly says. Yeah, because she's got a pretty face or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's just really sexist. But, well, but not that like that. Not that yeah. I was pure blown up about that. But 
I was just thinking, even the way it was written, it just made his character seem even more 2D than he already was. And I wanted to bring this up because you know I mean? this actually goes back to The Rock in the wrestling days, and this is why I wanted Ross in this show specifically, because you need to go back with the history of The Rock. Mm-hmm. The Rock, when he's told to do something, mm-hmm. or pigeonholed into a certain thing, not very good. It's when The Rock is allowed to let loose and be Dirty himself. Ones, yeah. That's when The Rock shines. And do you feel this was more Rocky Mavea, kind of maybe in Fast Five, than it was The Rock that we fell in love with back I in the feel- late? 90s. I feel this was more rock, comeback rock to the wrestling. Yeah. Where it was like sort of, yeah, they want classic rock. Don't do anything new. This, this was sort of that, like, yeah, we want classic bad guy. We want, we want angry large black man number one. <laughs> Please do that. And like you were saying, obviously nothing he does really. Like he's not that charismatic in the role. There's nothing more he could have done. Mm-hmm. It is ironic that. <laughs> it is ironic. Yeah, it is ironic that. Um, Vin Diesel's most famous role is a tree because he has the acting range of one. (laughs) (laughs) As much as he's not that great in this, Mm -hmm. I certainly feel like, obviously, he saved the franchise and I think the franchise saved him because this was over the time he changed agents, Mm -hmm. he bulked back up to wrestling size, Mm -hmm. he stopped doing family-friendly movies and he started calling himself Dwayne The Rock Johnson again. He started playing off on the fact that, Mm -hmm. like, his new agency said, you're The Rock, play off on that. Mm -hmm. And I think... I think so that's a long time he just wanted to be credited as Dwayne mm-hmm. Johnson. Well, he, it, something that always gets lost. He did mention it a few times by saying, "I believe that." I, I, I don't want to just be the wrestler. Mm-hmm. He went, and I don't want to use wrestling. Yeah. He went. He went. I love. I'm proud that I was a wrestler. He went. I don't want to use it or mm-hmm. have people think that I'm just getting by on my wrestling. I mean, I want to, you know, forge my own path. Make a name as an actor, and we've seen that Batista. Mm-hmm uses his actual name Dave Bautista yeah. you know what I mean like, there's slight differences and it's a, a, an admirable path The Rock took mm-hmm. Joe ten, out of 10 how would you say The Rock's acting career has went since leaving wrestling has went yeah okay so this is an opinion question this is <laughs> I'd say it's got 9 9 no, 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 10 out of 10 is impossible you wouldn't be able to compare it to anyone else, mm-hmm. but nine. Is there anything he's missing? Do you think we could see The Rock in an Oscar-winning drama anytime soon? Or anything I don't like think that? so. I don't think so. My, you said you asked me how. Pitch. You asked me how successful. <laughs> you asked me how successful his career went. Yeah. So yeah, I think. This is it. This is peak Rock right now. Yeah. Is, is he? Is this? Is he still the highest paid actor, actor in the world? Yeah, I think so. Insane. Obviously, we've got The Rock still with the Fast and Furious franchise, coming back for the first spin-off. This year, Hobbs and Shaw. That annoyed a lot of the original cast, though. Him and Vin Diesel have completely fallen out. Oh, yeah. Like, him and Vin Diesel hate each other. Him and Vin Diesel and him and... uh, Tyrese. 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 Because Tyrese had Instagram raps against him. Tyrese fell off the wall. I want to get into that, obviously. We'll get into the plot of the movie in a minute, but it's easier to talk about the actors because I had no fucking clue what was going on with the plot. I don't want to engage with the plot that much. So I'm trying to push it off as much as possible. Jack, were there any actors you liked in the, in the movie, or were there any you particularly were not a fan of? Um, Vin Diesel, did like, you know? I, I, <laughs> like, no, I've not mentioned. Uh, there's actually no one that I, I would highlight as I liked, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I didn't mind Ludacris. That's what I was going to say! Ludacris is my favourite! Ludacris is great! I think he was alright. Ludacris is quite funny. funny at the end. That was oh, right. the, the, the end part of the movie, when they have all the money, and uh, that song, what the fuck is that song called again? Oh. Uh, 
generic rat number four. No, like that. <laughs> that's oh. essentially, but that's that's the problem with this movie. It's, it's like a support. It's, you can get it things up pretty sure. Uh, I thought like, it was ludicrous. I was a big go. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like the the Spanish song or the Mexican Mexican song. Yeah, like Mexican rock. Ross, anyone you would point out from the cast? Ludicrous as well. He's the only one with any charisma other than the rock. Mm-hmm. Him mm-hmm. and I forgot his name. Chinese? Uh, no, God, no. <laughs> Doesn't mean the two Brazilian guys actually, they were alright. <laughs> they never show up again. <laughs> they just start cooking and. They're gone. Burning shit. They're gone. Tyrese's forehead is bigger than his charisma. And, um, <laughs> I say this as a man with a forehead you could put a billboard on. Popping <laughs> <laughs> with a Rena fact. Fun fact here. A fun fact from Fun Joe. fact. It was actually not shot anywhere in Brazil. No, like, no shots. It was filmed entirely in Atlanta and Puerto Rico. That's actually pretty impressive. It looks like Brazil. (laughs) I'd say that. I'll give that. I mean... I I actually don't... I don't mind Gal Gadot here. Well, can I just back on that subject? Props to Atlanta, because... I mean, they get to look like Brazil and Glasgow looks like a zombie hellhole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Gal Gadot was the... She's Wonder Woman. I don't know. I bet she's... Who does she play in this? The woman who is... Talking female. Partly good? Yeah. Oh, she's Toretto's sister? No, the other one. That's Jordan oh, Monster. Oh, is that the one who gets with... Was it, was it? Yeah, the one who gets with... <laughs> the Asian Justin Bieber. Yeah, yeah. Han, that's the one I like. <laughs> I like Han. I didn't want to say Asian man, because I think that's a bit... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> right, okay. No, but, but hold on. Was that her first, like, yeah. big role? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was the one that launched the Gal Gadot franchise, the Gal Gadot brand we know today. Yeah, because originally the cast, the cast were like five years before the first Wonder Woman film. Yeah. Woman. Originally, the, uh, the time people wanted Ronda Rousey to be Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and people were like, "Why have we cast this bit part actress? Obviously, yeah. she's knocked out the part now. She was Wonder mm-hmm. Woman's a crappy film." Yeah, but people at the time were like, "She's eye candy." I'm so so buzzing that they didn't cast Ronda Rousey because Ronda Rousey, good wrestler, terrible actress, <laughs> terrible actress. Don't, don't let look, we have a man on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat podcast, Strack. Who yeah. Hates Ronda Rousey with a deep, deep passion. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's try and di- try and dissect this plot. So, the end. They start where the last movie ended off, and they break Fairly. Dom out of the prison bus. Jack, would a car have survived having a bus flip over it like that? <laughs> that was not even the worst bit. Of it, <laughs> that was the bit that I thought. Okay, well. You know, there's maybe no regards to physics here, but it's pretty cool. It, but yeah, it might might actually work if you hit the car. If you hit this the, the bus as it's turning on its mm-hmm. wheel, mm-hmm. and you've obviously put your car straight to a halt, then it mm-hmm. might actually flip over it. So maybe there's a wee bit of physics in that. Okay. However, there's absolutely fucking no chance that like he's hanging on with one arm for about four minutes on that rope and yeah. then he actually survives an explosive like, <laughs> he's, he's in a car he's, he's, he's hanging off of a, a what, like a, a jeep kind of thing mm-hmm. no windows no roof like it's completely open plan and there's an explosion on the other side of it and it seems absolutely unscathed as if the car was like made a fucking yeah like armoured uh, armor vehicle or something so this happens a lot in the movie like we need to throw there's physics just, out the window there's, no, logic. there's absolutely no like yeah in films it's not a one day always bang you know, I mean? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, the whole way through it, I was trying to think like, like, there's absolutely no way people can do this with these cut like with mm-hmm. these cars or any cars for that matter. 
Mm-hmm. There's no way people can drive this good by the bar. I was the only way I could like accept it was if I was like putting myself in like a superhero movie mm-hmm. and I was like, right, okay, maybe these are just these are like the mm-hmm. best of the best drivers. Like, yeah, they actually have. Like powers, basically, and that's essentially what that the franchise the has way, become is a superhero franchise. That's the only like, way I could like keep it straight in my head. Yeah, <laughs> like so, built by the same mysterious so, material that T one thousands built. On. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. So they go to Brazil. Atlanta. They run <laughs> Atlanta, Brazil, Atlanta, Atlanta, San Brazil. Atlanta. They're hiding out and they're told to do this one job, and they steal a car that has a microchip in it with all of the deliveries for this drug lord I want to ask the question to the panel why did the drug lord keep this delivery schedule in the data chip of a car yeah surely you'd have it on your person at all times yeah because of why was it why is this one data chip here like in this car surely as well it'd be on paper yeah because if the cops pull you over you can eat it you know what I mean like (laughs) if you eat a microchip you know they can just go <clears throat> well, here's a couple of laxatives. We'll wait for them. You know, whereas it's paper, it's like well, it's, it's digested, it's, it's done. Gone. Yeah, like it just makes no quite sense. Quite frankly, the drug lord deserves to get caught in this film. Yeah, <laughs> is there is there not also a way that he could have like just called off the deliveries and changed changed all the deliveries and that after he knew that his car was stolen? Yeah, because he knew his car was stolen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He was like, damn, those pesky fucking those kids. <laughs> and I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for those pesky groups. <laughs> pesky groups. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to Brazil and they've stolen the car and the guy's after them and they're like we need a crew so they manage to when they're the most wanted people on the planet call people internationally all over the world to fly in at the one time uh, to the country we know they are hiding out of all their known associates trans like going to the one building and they don't follow them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I can't speak for the rest of the panel, but if you go back to Boston and need a crew for a heist, I mean, I think I'm just going to stay in Glasgow. <laughs> I need a crew, fuck off. I mean, Joe's actually from America. Maybe he'd get away with flying into America, but like, I wouldn't, and you certainly wouldn't either. In I, case of... I need you to fly the jet. <laughs> Playing the role of Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> So what happens? The crew's together. They hit someone <laughs> for the money. They burn the money, uh, and it turns out he moves his money to the police station. <laughs> <laughs> they then need a fast car. He puts like fucking and fast and furious. Yeah, they need a fast car. He puts four hundred million in the police station. <laughs> the police station in the one vault. Yep, in the one vault. And nobody by accident even checks it. Uh, <laughs> the rock's involved somewhere in all of this. <laughs> He's still trying to catch them. Do you know what I fucking hated about like every but, every sort of like conflict scene? Yeah. It was just a, it was the same thing over and over again. Like mm-hmm. um they would meet the police, like the police would get their fart uh, like mm-hmm. the rock and his uh Posse. like crew of army. I don't know what they call them, are they agents or the Police, what, the, what the fuck are they? The task force. The rocks. Ta- so basically, uh, the, rock the rocketeers. And, the rock and his task force. <laughs> the rocketeers. And they, you know, they have some sort of conflict with the groups. Yep. And uh, <laughs> the rocks and, and the groups going after. And then the fucking the drug lords people turn up, and it was the same thing, and it was this DVHS, but it was just over and over again. It was the same. It's thing. like Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Like they totally Dead Man's Chest. Aye. 
Yeah. They did. What one is that? Because that's the one with like the chesses on the island and Sparrow and crew want it, Davy Jones and crew want it, and then the British want it and all. So it's just all three of them and there's a big giant wheel. But instead, swap out a wheel and we'll have a car dragging a vault across throughout Brazil. Joe, you surely you would just wait so well sorry, like whoever's pulling the vault, they can't pull it for long because why why would you follow the thing that's swinging a massive <laughs> vault at you? Like I'm sorry, no, I I, I think I'll wait it out. Joe, you've driven before. <clears throat> do you think <laughs> Do you think this defies the laws of physics? Dragging the vault? Yeah. How big was it? It's a massive vault. Right, I don't actually think dragging the vault is the, uh, like... That's not the key issue. We need they to ma- focus they managed to pull it away, right? Okay, right. So there's, if there's enough like, like force to pull it away and get okay. it moving, then you overcome the inertia, right? Okay. If we're going to be serious in physics, like, get into <laughs> physics of it, it will be able like to move it. it. you got white more Newtons. The bit that doesn't make sense is like... When, when it turns? When No, it's when uh, Brian O'Connor reverses it mm-hmm. to push it one way and then he goes the other way. Like, mm-hmm. like, it was at an absolute standstill. There's no way that, like, if Brian O'Connor's car was, like, next to it, yeah. there's no way it would be able to generate any foot. Basically, he would just okay. be reversing towards it and it would be doing nothing. So this is where the movie goes and wrong one, for you. This one, is the one flaw. <laughs> it's the only flaw. <laughs> that, it's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> the clock and Vin Diesel's car wouldn't be able to pull it because it's... Mm-hmm. Like without his turbo, because you see at the end, like he needs a turbo to pull it yeah. with one car. And you're not getting past the inertia. I'm gonna pop back with a fun fact. Joe's got a fun fact. Back back again with a fun fact. <laughs> the vault scene was almost scrapped because they couldn't get it right. So that's probably why. It's almost like you wrote that yourself. Yeah, the vault scene was, was almost, almost scrapped. <laughs> <laughs> because because they said they created six full size vaults and a one lightweight one that they could be easily towed and. <laughs> All, all, of, all, all of them were, all of them were fucked by the end of like each take. So they only got, so they, so they only got six shots at it and almost ruined it. Oh. Imagine you're like with the props department. Oh, we need, we need as many votes as we can. And then they get to say in the day, it's like you didn't give me one, we can actually pull. <laughs> Six full size no, Sorry. No <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. It's a shame that our listeners won't actually know what we're talking about. Oh, oh. can we do can we tell the big story? Can you tell We're going to interrupt this regularly scheduled oh. programme <laughs> so Joe can tell the story about his first order of Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> so please take the floor. Alright, so first time using Uber Eats, so I got high expectations off the rip. Okay. And uh, which is terrible because McDonald's is right down the street from me. So, okay. Anyways. So I order Uber Eats, and uh, I live at the top of a hill. <laughs> so naturally, when you when you see what the the mode of transportation that is that's coming to your house, if it's a bicycle, <laughs> that's already a fucking bad news. Let alone bad news, bad news. So a little bit worried, but still hopeful. <laughs> and so get my McDonald's and get to the door. The guy comes upstairs huffing. As expected, <laughs> just out of breath, dying, holds up his hand, bags soaking wet, <laughs> looks at me and says, I'm sorry, <laughs> just turns around and fucking fucks it, <laughs> just, just leaves me standing in the doorway with a soaked bag of McDonald's. 
<laughs> Long story short, I got my money back. <laughs> hey, what's the game? And my head is like 15 with hundreds of spots. Oh, uh, he's like, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he was really, I think yeah, it's probably right. Yeah. See, when you said that an old, a guy huffing, I assumed it was some poor 70 year old. Like Winston. Was he not in his bike, but? Like Winston and still game when he can't survive on the pension, so he needs to get a job at Hyperdames. <laughs> yeah, open the bag and just. Soggy burger and fries. I was like, a, look at it, how it had been digested just in the Jesus bottom Christ. of the bags. <laughs> right. Um, <coughs> I don't know what else to talk about with uh, Fast Five because I think we're all in agreement that, for one, it's far too long. See, yeah. for an action film that's meant to just keep you entertained. I'm going to be honest with you, I've watched it once and I refuse to watch it again as part of research. <laughs> Actually, I can't remember most of them. I do like, I was just like oh, yeah. looking on my phone, just like I don't have to give a fuck what's yeah. happening. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, I, so something I may bring up earlier. You were talking about The Rock being the only action <coughs> star. See, I think the reason he is the most popular and the most highest paid. Yeah, he's somebody that identifies with so many cultures and subcultures. I think he's yeah. so open with his fans. He's you know, much like myself, a, a bronze goddess. <laughs> he identifies with the people that are in the gym culture. He's always mm-hmm. promoting positivity and healthy eating. Uh-huh. He's reality TV. Mm-hmm. He's got loads of reality TV shows in the States. He's a wrestler. He's got a new one, the Titan Games. Titan Games yeah. is class. He's a wrestler, he's a movie star, he's a TV star, he's just... He's an all-rounder. Uh, he's an all-rounder. And he's somebody that's as well no afraid to take the absolute piss out of himself mm. and throughout from his wrestling career to being the biggest movie star in the world he remains so humble yeah the entire time and I think that's the thing about The Rock is that he's just a completely likeable guy and that's why they, they don't use him particularly well here because they try and make him a bit of a dick mm-hmm. that's not really who The Rock is like as a movie star yeah. he's that likeable leading man who's just sort of like an amiable character if you've seen Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle he's perfect in that like because he's just like the most likeable character on the planet just like there is one bit of that Jumanji film I hate see at the end where they all have to yell Jumanji (laughs) as you look at like really that was the best take yeah it was if you know when you go to like tell a joke or you or you go to sing a note and you stutter or cough that's what he's like Jumanji it's the rock you only get one take with the Yes. <laughs> he's like I refuse to do it again I'm far too busy to do a second take of your film let's uh, let's wrap this up with the scores I'm going to give Fast Five five <laughs> five out of ten Jack oh, three three <laughs> oh, so fucking Jack's nice. Tokyo Drift in this thing oh, Ross yeah. McLeod what, uh, what's your score I'm going to be a bit more lenient just for what it did to the franchise and to the Rob's career mm-hmm. I'll give it a 6.9 out of 10. No. There you go. I can't bring myself the to give it a full 7. He's going for a, a big 6 to 9 here. Okay, you get the top <laughs> and the bottom. Like, we're going well. It's been a dry spell. We're talking. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking. Joe, let us smell what you're cooking. What is the score talking, for a fast five? We're talking zero be in the room. Okay. And then. I could argue that. <laughs> get you back on the uh, show. Yeah, okay. I so, did not drive that car. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Dwayne. <laughs> I really, we need to do the room. We need to do the room. Oh. That's, that's, the four of us will get back together in this room, munchy box again, to I'll do the it, room. I'll give it a fast 5.5. Ooh, the fast 5.5 yeah. from Joe Thomas. Listen, this show's in three parts this week. 
That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You said that you so betcha. hard. Yeah. Like, like my brother Scott will listen to this. You, you said that as if Scott would go three parts. Yes, Scott. Three parts. <laughs> Waiting for you a rebuttal. This was the first part. The second part. Yeah, I will be back with Keir Bachelor, and we will be doing our Oscar predictions. Me and Keir going head to head. Five are on the line. We're going to give our Oscar predictions for twelve of the Academy uh, Academy Awards categories. Who's going to win, Jack? I mean here. Don't care. Me. Me. I'm gonna win. You've seen the list. Who's gonna win? You're gonna win. I'm gonna win. Easy, easy days. And in the third part, we'll be back. You guys are gonna leave the room. And me and Kier are going to do the recording. Then you guys are going to come back. And we're going to discuss uh, a lot of stuff. We're going to be pitching our ideas for The Rock to team up with a famous Hollywood director. We're going to discuss the Black Panther Best Picture nomination. Did it deserve it or not? And also, Joe, is there a big game on Sunday? There is. There's a big game. We're going to be talking oh, about it. We're going to be super. talking about the trailers we could see. Yeah, halftime heats on Sunday. Halftime yes. heat. We're <laughs> discussing the return of halftime heat. And we'll see you in a bit. Alright, and we're back uh, with first time films here. You heard Joe Thomas. This is basically a no contest. I don't even know why we're doing this. Uh, but Care Bachelor, like I said, is with me, uh, ready to lose a, fi- a fiver. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm alright, yeah. <laughs> I actually have ready to lose five pounds. I realised after we made this list how bad my, my choices were. Yeah, it's. I don't find they're terrible. Like, it's like I say, it's a very unpredictable year at the Oscars this year. So if yeah. there's any year that outside bets are going to win it, I think this is the year that it could happen. However, yeah. there are a few of your choices that I'm ready to absolutely tear to pieces, like, because <laughs> there's a few of them I just don't okay. think do stand a chance. However, I've been wrong before, you know what I mean? So uh, the reason we got Kira in, Kira is a fan of prestige films and famously hates uh, franchise films for the most part. Uh, sort of the mainstream sort of cinema. So you're you're high in a lot of these smaller productions that we're see we do see come out at the start of the year and the like. Uh, what are some of the the best films that you've seen recently? And the chance you've got to go to the cinema from the sort of smaller end of the spectrum? Um. Oh, I have nothing. I've totally blanked. I've seen so <laughs> little, like, I, yeah. I was going to say a film from like five years ago. What was so that? that uh, you remember fucking Neil Maskell? No. I think his name is the director. <laughs> uh, the no. director, I want to say. Uh huh. Oh, David, I've, my mind's totally fried. I cannot <laughs> watch a single film. I set it up for you there to try and like, impress everyone. You know, I mean, yeah, your, your, your knowledge of uh, obscure small independent cinema and I then all. All of a sudden, usually I can't get you to shut up about it today. Like it's like there's absolutely nothing left. In I think I've got a performance anxiety. The minute that you start recording, I've got See, no clue about anything. This, this is what I, this is what happens every time someone's on here for the first time. They're usually yeah. like quieter than they normally are. You know what I mean? Like uh, like Joe, with the first thing he was on was like quite quiet. He's doing a bit better today, as you'll hear. You know, we're sort of yeah. in the middle of his uh, his debut. So we'll get right into it. We'll get into the Oscars, right nominations, and I think what category? Did... Of course, with this. We started off with Best Picture, of course. All right, so we've got eight nominations for Best Picture. We've got Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Greenbrook, Roma, A Star Is Born, and Vice. So first of all, how many? How many of these have you actually got to see? 
Uh, just, just, so, <laughs> I just, just like, I just, just like, oh. you're gonna have to edit <laughs> that out now. I don't edit this. So, I just cut, cut the stuff off that I don't need at the end and in the beginning, and then just let it roll. That's that's how I grow with this show. <laughs> I've seen a few on on the list there. The only ones I haven't, like, I didn't bother to see. Uh, I I mean, a star is born in Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in. I didn't bother to see them. Yeah, musical biopics, not really your thing. Musical biopic, I mean, Rhapsody, and then obviously... Uh, After 2007, or whatever that year was when they made Walk the Line, yeah. which is an amazing film, every year we get, like, a musical... Uh, you know, you've got a music the, biography film. got, obviously, the Elton John never, movie coming out this year as well. Stuff like that. Mm. So it's it's all just uh, yeah. like you say it's, it seems to become a trend. Uh, so what did we pick for this category? Well, David, you went for you put your bet on Roma. Uh-huh. And what did you go for? And I put my, I put my bet on Green Book. Right. Okay. So two of the movies that generally haven't been seen as the front runner for a long time. It seemed that A Star Is Born was going to take it. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt. However, a lot more movies have been thrown in the mix. Vice has been getting a lot of steam recently. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody yeah, has obviously like had it. a lot of wins, uh, um, yeah, awards at the main but yeah. Why did you go for Green Book? Oh, right. Well, because it's like, <laughs> it's because it's like, it's like driving Miss Daisy, you know, it's like black and white relations, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. tempered through music and, uh, Finding harmony and so I don't basically, know, basically shit. a typical Oscar movie is what, is what you're trying to say. Something you think the Academy is just absolutely going to go for. We the Academy loves that kind of crap, you know. <laughs> Even though it's quite good, I just thought I, I just that, that I think the thing is I know now it's definitely not going to win. Well, I don't um, I don't think it's not going to win. Like the reason I've went for Roma is because I've heard, it's the one that I've heard the most positive things about and there's been no negative press behind it attached to Roma whatsoever, which a lot of the other nominees in this category can't say. Obviously you had uh, the Vigo issue with the promotion for Green Book, uh, you had uh, the stuff with Bohemian Rhapsody and Brian Singer that could take it out the chances, you've got the overly political nature of Vice that I think will play against it. The fact that Roma is yes. a sort of small contained story um, about this sort of one female protagonist it's from the working class point of view uh, that wouldn't normally get explored in this sort of story before you know what I mean uh, not in a large scale anyway Free Fire that was the name of that film I was going to talk about it's amazing I've seen that with my papa we'll talk about that in our time yeah that's, <laughs> that's a great that was what I went to bring up five minutes ago yeah really good movie really good but uh, so we've got Green Book versus Roma for this one. Are there any others in this category that you do see as being a third entry that could beat us both? Uh, all of them. Like, I think they're all so remarkably boring that they might just <laughs> enough to. Is Beale Street could talk? Is that being nominated for best picture? Nah, Beale Street could talk. Uh, got the snub for best picture. Yeah. I mean, I think um, any of them could get it. It won't be a Star Is Born because it's. Out and out, the whitest film <laughs> being made, <laughs> and no one wants to award that kind of crap. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, we'll we'll leave that. Frank, gets it, and I don't even care which one gets it because they're, they're all so wildly uninteresting. Jesus, right? Well, anyway, 
My favourite was great. What was the next category we moved on to after that? Uh, we did Best Actor next. Uh, you placed your chips on Mr. Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. And I went again for the, the most boring choice of, of Rami Malek. Okay, the other, well, the other nominations in that category are Christian Bale for Vice, Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate, and Viggo Mortensen for your best picture winner green book so what was yes. what was the thinking behind rami uh, for this award i know bale is definitely gonna win it i've read since we made this last i've read like three articles saying how much we're shooting christian bale is mm-hmm. i'm seeing because vice has only just come out and i'm seeing it on saturday so you can make a judgment on yeah. it then yeah sorry to timestamp your podcast but, um... <laughs> no i think i went for malik because like i said they, all, they love giving it to musical biopics, they love giving it to actors playing other tortured artists. That's a very frequent Oscar trope. Well, that's um, funny you should say that, because uh, my choice, Bradley Cooper, I think also fits that mould um, of like playing a struggling musician who obviously meets, uh, spoiler alert for A Star Is Born, not a very nice end uh, by the conclusion of the film. Uh, but the reason that I've chose Bradley Cooper... Oh Ahead of, Ram- ahead of Rami Malek is he's snubbed in the Best Director category, which did surprise a, a fair few people who thought he was a shoe-in for that category. Um, so I think that the award for Bradley Cooper, and he did, that is a great achievement to direct a, a movie as high quality as A Star Is Born is, and play, give such a great performance in that film as well. So I do think that... He's also, he's just boring enough to get the Oscar, which is the most important thing you have to bear in mind. It's is that your theory that all Oscar movies are boring. Why is that secure? Because they are. They are. <laughs> the Academy loves the most boring shit ever and the most boring performances. And Jesus. You, if you turn that in, you will be rewarded. At least since, like, you know, 70s Oscars were insane, you know. Well, we're going to move on. Hopefully this next category is not as boring for you. Best Actress nominees, uh, Yelitsa Apricio, Glenn Close, Olivia Coleman, Lady Gaga and Melissa McCarthy. Uh, who have you got? Who have I got? Well, you voted for Glenn Close. I voted for Olivia Coleman. And to be frank, I would be happy to see either of them win because Olivia Coleman is just fucking incredible and mm-hmm. the favourite. I mean, what a performance. I can't think off top of head like... There's only five other performances I've seen like that, really. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Gina Rollins and uh, A Woman Under the Influence comes to mind. Uh, Bette Davis uh, and All About Eve. Like, th- the best performances ever played. And Olivia Coleman's up there. But Glenn Close, also, not for the film she'd been nominated for, but I, I remember seeing Dangerous Liaisons when I was younger. And I've seen it about three times since. And that is, hands down, one of the best performances I've ever seen anyway turn in as well and I, I think she needs to get an Oscar for you know a film she made in the 80s well so he, here's my thinking behind it because I do agree with you I think I, I don't think Gaga has a chance of winning in this category anymore to be honest with you so and I think she was number three uh, but I do think it is a two horse race between Close and Coleman the reason I've went for Close is the Academy loves to reward people who have been nominated a bunch of times and never won like Glenn Close has Um but also the thing is I really enjoy Olivia Coleman's performance in The Favourite don't get me wrong I don't think she's the best performance in that film 
and I think you know, a wave of Academy voters are going to be like, right, okay, I'll vote for Glenn Close here, uh, but I'll give the favourite is due in a category we're going to discuss maybe a bit later on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that would be my logic behind it. So what was the next one? Was it Best Supporting Actor? Supporting Actor, yeah. Mm-hmm. And who did we have there? Well, we both went for the same one. Uh, Mahershala? No. Yeah, I've been saying his name wrong for about two years. Who have you been saying? Uh, Mahershala Ali. You said it too fast. What? Mahershala. Mahershala Ali. Mahershala, yeah. Mahershala. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Ali. Well, Mr. Ali. He's an amazing actor. Mr. Ali, he is an incredible actor. Yeah, very good. I mean, he's been really good in the really boring new season of True Detective. I've not watched any season of True Detective. So he's a shoe-in for another award. And also, he's won an Oscar already for, like, out and out the most boring fucking movie. Like... I agree. I, in recent memory. Uh, and he's really dull, and I think that that's a great thing to for. I don't think he doesn't look dull in Green Book and I haven't seen Green Book so I can't really make a judgement on that but what I will say is everyone is saying Mahershala is a shoe in his bet nods uh, if you look uh, even already are by far the clear favourite out of any category you like, didn't even the other nominees I don't think we need to well it's Adam Driver Sam Elliott <laughs> Richard D. Grant and Sam Rockwell a good bunch. Yeah, they're just not going to win. They're not going to win, right? Yeah. Sam Rockwell just got an Oscar. Sam Elliott, I mean, he's only in for like a minute. Yeah. Uh, who else? Adam Driver, I love. I think he's a really cool guy. Uh, and I think he's funny, but he's not Oscar worthy. Richard E. Grant is uh, a cool guy as well. If you watch the Hollywood Reporter Richard Roundtable. He doesn't care about getting an Oscar. He's Richard E. Grant. He's a, he's a national treasure, you know. You should watch the Hollywood Roundtable because he comes across like really well on it. This year, he's funny. He always does. He's cool. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Well, I, b- I believe it's best supporting actress that's up next. Then. You're right. Yeah. Best supporting actress. Do you, do you want me to tell you who we vote for? Or you can do the nominees. Well, we'll do Amy Adams, Marina Davira yep. for Roma, Regina King for FBO yep. Street Could Talk, and then we've got the favourite pair of Emma Stone and Rachel Vice. Yeah. Well, we David went for you went for Regina King, mm-hmm. and I went for Amy Adams. I would now, I mean, if I could, we said we can't switch our votes, I would vote for Regina King as well. Because mm-hmm. I think Beale Street Control is actually a fucking stormer, you know, it's like, yeah. really come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It is very lucky as well. Um, he, and I, I do think the, the favourite girls are going to, the, the two actors in the favourite are going to cancel each other out. I think, that's the, I think that's the story here, because we're talking about the favourite, and I would love, I went with my head over my heart this time, so to speak. I would love if Rachel Vice got the award. I wouldn't be annoyed that I lost the point out because I think she's fantastic in the favourite and by far my favourite performance in that movie. Um, but if Big Street Can Talk hasn't really been nominated in any of the other major uh, awards categories, he's been snubbed for all of them. So I do think that that movie gets yeah. its reward with Regina King here. Uh, but Amy Adams. Outside bet never has got an Oscar, kind of a Glenn Close situation. Vice she is kind of beloved too. Yeah, and Vice is getting a lot of buzz, so it's possible that she could pull this out of the bag. You know what I mean? I think, I think that, that Rachel Vice will get it because The Favourite is ultimately a very interesting film. Amy Adams is just spectacularly boring. I don't think and, uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the recurring really theme. So, this is how you need to put your money on. Yeah. The most 
Wars. Uh, and I think that either two of these remarkably talented, bland actresses could go home hardware. Yeah, well, we're, we'll talk about one more category in detail here. One more category in detail. Um, and that's Best Director. All right. Best Director. We've got Alfonso yeah. Cuarón for Roma. Yorgos uh, Lafamos for The Favourite. Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Adam McKay for Vice. And Paul Pawlowski for Cold War. Well done. Uh, well it's done. definitely Alfonso Cuarón. It's well, we've both got Cuarón. Like, yeah. Run away. Well done to Pearl because this is the first year a, a film that's been nominated for Best Foreign Language film has been nominated for Best Director as well, and it's happened twice yeah. in the same year. But like buses, you know, you wait for it once and two come along at once, you know. Um, so Alfonso is the star of Roma. Alfonso's done what we call a, a or what I call a Paul Simon. <laughs> and that you know, George Irwin. Well, you don't. Remember, we weren't born, but you know, Paul Simon made Graceland. Okay. The album Graceland, and he went to Africa and worked with all the African musicians. Right. And all these Americans thought it was so real, so they awarded him like every Grammy, whatever the fuck, you know, won all these awards. This is pretty different That's- though, because Alfonso is from Mexico. It's a very personal story to him. You know what I mean? So. It's, it's, a bit, it's a bit different from that, but I see your analogy and it's the sense of the Academy's thinking this evokes a very specific period in a foreign country's history and they find it sort of America fascinating. Loves, they love buying what they think is the real deal, but from a trusted voice, you know. That's true. If Cronin had made this film before he blew up with English language cinema, no one would give a shit. Uh, you know, we'd watch it in That's, some fucking yeah. university lecture at some point, but it, no one would care. That's the harsh truth of it, and I, I completely agree with you. Like, it's quite, like, it's, it's, you know, like, and that's the problem, I, I think. Am, it's good. I am, I'm taking this entire academy approach with it. I take it with a touch of cynicism every year. Well, here's the thing. The, the good thing about Cold War getting a nomination in this category is, the one good thing I'll say about what Oscars can do is shine a light in films that might not necessarily get the attention from a mainstream audience, you yeah, know what I mean? So the fact that Cold War gets a nomination in this category is going to give it um, a, a maybe a bit of a push at the box office. And I think the same thing with Roma getting these nominations because it's been on Netflix, but it's not exactly a movie that everyone would stop and be like, wow, I need to see this right away, this black and white foreign language yeah. movie. But now it's got the Oscar buzz about it. There might be a lot more movie, a lot more people who are willing to explore it and take a chance on it on Netflix, you know? So, Do you want to just run through the last categories? I'm going to let you tell tell us what the, the the other categories we put the bets on are. Tell us the nominations right. in those categories and then we'll see if there's, if there's any after that we want to dive into a bit more specifically. Well, next category was Best Animated Feature. Mr. Campbell voted for uh, Spider-Man. What's the full thing I've written? ITTSV. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Right, yeah. Uh, okay, best animated. No one gives a shit. They're kids' movies. What did you uh, think? I voted for Incredibles 2. <laughs> Who cares? Okay, Spider-Man will get it. It seems fucking commercial enough to win an Alfred oh, Oscar. Oh, And they'll be like, oh, Stan Lee. That <sighs> thieving bastard. So let's give him. Well, let's, let's move on. What's the next category? Well, Spider Man will win and they'll go off and someone will start crying about Stan Lee and there'll be a big end of to him and they'll be like, oh, we dedicate Sauce to Stan Lee and everyone will be fucking moved and it'll be horseshit. Oh. Next category is adapted screenplay. David woke for uh, If Beale Street Could Talk, I Black Klansman. It's definitely If Beale Street Could Talk because it's James Baldwin. He's a great writer. He It's very topical and by all accounts, is a very 
thorough and accurate execution of the novel. Because I didn't ever read, I only ever read Giovanni's Room, but I mean, I know James Bond's pretty good. Black Hands was not going to win because Spike Lee's um, not a favourite of the Academy. Best original screenplay will definitely go to the favourite because the original screenplay category is the only time when they can give an interesting film an award, which is why the favourite gets it. It's the cool category of the Oscars. Uh, cinematography, David, you went for Alfonso Crone with Roma. I went for uh, Lucas Zal for Cold War. Who cares? They're both black and white. They're both foreign. They're effects of the same movie. Uh, they went for <laughs> David, you went for that. I went for Black Panther. I think they'll give it to Black Panther still because I think the Academy is trying to make himself cool in the eyes of you know their contemporaries. Well, what was the what was that category there? I missed that. Score, best score. Best score. Best original. Okay. That... And then best song. We both went for A Star Is Born. Give Lady Gaga the award. She's desperate. She's a fucking fame hungry woman, right? Just give her the fucking Oscar. You might call her a fame monster. <laughs> she is a fame monster, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think that's a shoo-in for, for Miss Lady. Uh, and do we have any others? No, we went for 12. That we was... went for 12. So that Everyone's was... the most five pounds. Well, I think uh, we've got an interesting list, but see, the more I, I hear you say it like the more chance i actually think you have like i don't i don't think this is there's a couple the best supporting actress i think could have here's what i'm going to do i'm Uh i'm going to give you the chance to change one category that you want do you want to change one category as well oh no i'm I'm 100 confident my last you can change my right well here's the thing uh I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stick with best actress, best supporting actress. Okay. Because I don't think you've won either. Right. But I know for a fact, fucking Spider-Man into the fucking Spider Verse. Oh, is best uh, animated feature. So you're changing hey. Incredibles to to Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. Yeah. That's fair enough. That's not that's not the choice I thought you would have made, but it's a, it's probably a smarter choice. It's probably the smarter choice because I think there's more chance of an upset in the best supporting actress category than there is in the best animated character uh, category, which I think is in the Spider Verse. Best supporting actor. I think two might win it this year. That's fair. Well, listen, Kier, it was great to have you uh, in the uh, in the studio in Joe's dining room today. I was trying to lie. And- part yeah. one but really we're recording this the next day so like, can, I, can, I, can i rephrase what i meant to say at the start and give like a, a message to your your viewership listenership what's the message oh it's like what you're saying right just don't watch mainstream box office cinemas don't watch academy award nominated films just fucking watch independent cinema because it's without a shadow of a doubt always more interesting and more profound and more well. poignant well, what, and, here's the uh, thing. We're trying to do, uh, obviously, Glasgow Film Festival is coming up. Rob Jane, who you know, president of the Glasgow Uni Screenwriting Society. One of the most amiable men I've ever met. Well, listen, Rob's going to a lot of films there. If you go to the film festival as well, I'd love to have a wee episode where you guys shoot the shit about the best films that you managed yeah. to see during those two weeks. If we can talk about an authentically interesting film for one minute that actually did come out this year, then get any... Oscar nods. Uh, you were never really here. Oh, I, br- I brought that up uh, in, yeah. in, in part three. I, I'm going to bring that up in the future uh, in about 20 uh, minutes' time. Len uh, Ram fucking deserves an Oscar. Len Ram. Spoiler alert. Scottish filmmaker. I thought she was Australian. So that's a spoiler yeah, for part three. 
need you. So listen, Kier, thank you for doing this today. Listen, when we come back in part three, uh, we'll be debating. We'll be doing our pitch battle in preparation for the big show in March. Pitch, a movie starring Dwayne Johnson, directed by Quentin Tarantino. We'll be discussing whether Black Panther deserved its best picture nomination. And we'll be discussing what trailers we could have, we could see this Sunday at the big game. So stay tuned for part three. <laughs> and we're back live on first time films. We're not live. This is probably we going in, in a couple of days. What a, what a lie to be told. I'm a terrible person. An awful human being. Well, most live shows are We live put the lie in live. I'm back with uh, Jack Higgins, Ross McLeod and Joe Thomas. Uh, Joe, you're going to be judging right. a pitch off here. Oh boy. Alright. This is uh, in the lead up to our big show in March. We are having a pitch battle contest. Putting nine of the finest pitch battlers against each other for the chance to crown <laughs> the first pitch battle champion. Alright, it's going to be exciting. Now, we've got Ross McLeod here with us today. And this will serve Joe as a qualifier for Ross McLeod. There is every chance that you could have a route to victory and a route to that show, Ross. However, if you do manage to beat myself and Jack Higgins today, you will automatically qualify for the event. So this is me as if this I'm like the producer, I've got the money. And yeah. I'm going to fund one of these films. Which one okay. are you picking? All right. I can't tell you how to judge it. All I'll say to you is I'm a very good friend to you. <laughs> Which means everything to me. You've just met Ross tonight. <laughs> I gave you some Coca-Cola. <laughs> I had to emphasize Coke. I don't want a yellow beer. I gave you Coke. Have some chips. <laughs> Have some chips. Have some chips. I didn't yell at you for delivery charge earlier. <laughs> right, okay. Joe, who do you want to hear from first? The floor is yours. Uh, oh. Alright, since you're a... Uh... So confident. Let's go clockwise. Let's go. Let's go. The, you, let's go with the Ross first. What the Ross? Yeah. The, Ross. The, Ross the Ross is up. Do you smell what the Ross is? The, Ross. <laughs> the Ross. Mine's is literally going to be a five-minute pitch because mine's beautiful, short and sweet. It's going to be short and sweet because the fact that this happens still baffles me. Mm-hmm. The, oh wait a minute! <laughs> we haven't told. We haven't said the question. <laughs> oh yeah, I, it would help the question. Oh, the question the this week. Is pitch a movie uh-huh. starring The Rock and directed <laughs> by Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> Ross, Ross, it's you. Right, so after that rude interruption, see what he's doing, trying to throw me up again here. <laughs> Just remember these dirty tactics. I'm familiar with this. So they show his risk, his risk blood. Considering his relationship with Quentin Tarantino, I would put The Rock in a buddy com- cop comedy with Samuel L. Jackson because they've been in a cop film before. Yeah. They were in The Other Guys and I don't know whose idea it was to cast and give The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson millions of dollars for The Other Guys to kill them off <laughs> in the opening scene. That's a very good point. Well, and it still bothers me to this day because I went, somebody said it, in, uh, I was in school at the time, they went, strong. yeah, the, the, the Rock dies five minutes in like, fuck. Shut up, because that, that was the thing you did to everybody in school. It's like, yeah. you've you seen the new Star Wars film? Yeah, this guy dies. And you yeah. almost wouldn't believe it. Like, yeah, and then it goes, fucking full shit. They're, on, they're on the roof and they go, aim for the bushes. They're in New York, like a metropolis. <laughs> there is no bushes there. 
They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. There is no trees or bushes or anything there. And they just jump off this roof and it's like, wait, that's it? I came for this to see The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. So is this your movie? My movie will be... <laughs> what happens if they didn't die, basically? Would be if they went, guys, we have sources, we have CIs, one of which will be played by John Travolta. There you go. Okay. We can catch these guys. However, let's not jump off a fucking roof. <laughs> <laughs> because it still bothers me at this day. It bothered me even more sitting on the bus coming here because I, I thought about it and what to do. And I was actually putting, you know, the words down and I was like, I paid nine quid for that fucking cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I get like the recliner seats and everything. So. And, and like... Inflation might have caught up with cinema prices, but back then, nine quid was a hell of a lot more money for the cinema-going experience. Mm. I had to go buy Asda's own brand sweeties, <laughs> just so I'd have a movie-going experience. And I was halfway through my foamy fruits, and The Rock jumps off a building. <laughs> so yeah, the CIs and the drug dealers and the drug lords will all be paid, played by uh, Tarantino favourites, so you'll have like oh. Bruce Willis, he'll be the drug lord. Okay. You'll have Tarantino as a CI. And Tarantino's going to... Uh, no, Tarantino. Uh, Travolta. Travolta's going to lose a lot of weight for this. <laughs> one, because it, the road demands Tarantino's it. Tarantino's played in all of his, a lot of his films as well. Though. One, because the road demands it. And two, because nature demands it. John, you're getting too fat. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't tell you who, because it's a surprise. And I haven't thought of them yet. But there'll be cameos littered all over the place. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so it's it'll be... The guarantee. <laughs> it'll be a... Movie where Samuel Jackson says the N-word and motherfucker a lot. <laughs> the Rock will say motherfucker, but he will not get to say the N-word because it'll be the dynamic Samuel Jackson doesn't think he's black. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that is my pitch. That is my film. It's a solid start. Okay, solid start. Right, do, we, do we all pitch and then discuss? Yeah, we pitch, everyone pitches and then we and then we open the fort. Heated debate. Okay, we're opinion just a little picture. So we're in mid seventies funk era. Okay. And what era? Mid the mid seventies funk. So I'm talking like seventy five, seventy six, maybe. Very Tarantino, like sort of shades of Jackie Brown in it. Okay. Um. So we're in the Bronx. Is that the name of your movie? We're in the Bronx, in the Bronx, in the Bronx, in the Bronx, in the Bronx character Damien Lyles, raised by his father. Okay, basically the majority of his childhood. Um, his mother dies during the second childbirth, childbirth. So we get like these sort of scenes. This is like the, the, the kind of start up of the film, the okay. intro of the film. These sort of like quick fire scenes and stuff. So um, his mother dies during childbirth of the second child. Um, both mother and baby are, um, are killed, unfortunately. Um, his dad becomes an aggressive, misogynistic, narcissistic al- alcoholic because of obviously the loss of his wife. Um, and they're struggling to raise Damien. This is The Rock? Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, so the dad, this is the oh, dad okay, to yeah, the Rock. Yeah. So The Rock's, you know, Damien will be played by a younger actor in the start. Oh. Um, Damien's life sort of like flashes through. He witnesses loads and loads of different women coming over to the house. Like he's, his dad can't keep a relationship because he's a narcissist and he's alcoholic and he's just shagging loads of women basically. And Damien just sees this, like, you know, he, he's in the house and his dad starts to beat him, things like that as well. It's just a really struggling upbringing for him. Anyway, so we'll skip. Yeah, it's good and hearty. <laughs> um, so, like, the main sort of point of it is obviously he's yearning for this mother figure. Like, all these women keep coming to the house and, you know, have it, okay. like, he sees his dad with all these different women hoping that one of them will stay and, you know, he'll have a mother again sort of thing. Anyway, some time passes and Damien starts to get in trouble at school. He starts selling drugs when he's, like, 15, 16 in the Bronx. 
and um, missing school without his dad knowing. Nothing too hard, he's kind of working as a middleman. There'll be some scenes of this in his childhood, you know, being a middleman, selling some, drug, some drugs back here and there, nothing too serious. He's not oh. obviously like and yet. Um, there'll, be a, there'll, be a scene, there'll be a scene sort of in his like, late teens where he's going to lose his virginity, but he can't seem to perform. He has this this performance issue. He did. Um, obviously, <laughs> well, well, something like that, obviously, uh. because he's so detached oh, okay, from okay, okay. This, this, I don't know, some sort of sexual problem that he's obviously seen his dad oh, you know, okay. multiple times like and was, I don't know his dad's going to do some weird shit it's Tarantino so I feel like you can get away with that okay. maybe some whips and chains and that was hanging about the living room and that <laughs> Tom knows basically like he's basically scarred for life anyway so skips later on this is like just the intro yeah. so is The Rock finally going to be in the movie so The Rock bang it skips on it's like the funk music's playing and the, and fucking the Rock walks in big fucking pimp jacket big coat whatever kicks Does in he the door he's got a cane in that he's like He's like, all these motherfuckers, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, he's saying all that stuff. He's calling people cats and that because it's the 70s and that's what they do. Anyway, so he's heavy. Like, this Can I just tell you right there? No. I want you to say that in The Rock's voice. Cats. That's sounds <laughs> horrible. You cats. You cats. You cats. You cats. Hey, yo, cats you cats. You want to get out of here? I don't know how I would say it. The thing is, you got to detach yourself from the real Rock that you know. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a Tarantino film and The Rock that's has never true. been a Tarantino film. So imagine the rock was a blank canvas, like you've got, you, you can do anything you want. Okay. So imagine him in a, se- a really serious role like this. He becomes a drug dealer, um, and then by this point it skips forward. As I said, like you know, it's it's now right in the middle of the seventies. He's fucking, yeah. He's the man. You can see him yeah, all, the, all the women yeah, on the yeah. skates, like, roll, like rollerblading around him, mm-hmm. and he's like just walking in with his cane and that. Um, <laughs> but this sort of main conflict is at this point now that now that the rock's on the screen is that he wants to get out of the drug game. Um, he knows he's too deep in it, but like something about it that he enjoys this this sort of authority that he's gained. Yeah. And he starts getting into the pimp game. He starts like, pimping all these women. He has like such a good relationship with women, but he can't sexually perform anything. So that's why he feels like <laughs> he, he can detach himself from being like the big. Like, I don't know. Like yeah. uh, okay. I don't know how to explain it. Like, he, he detaches himself from like the misogynistic side of being a pimp. Because he's actually has like really good relationships with all these women. It's he's actually not, really he's, sensitive. He's, yeah, he's actually giving them counsel. And that's what, that's what I like about the sort of oxymoron of it is that he's going to be playing. He's this big fucking handsome thing, and the girls are all over him all the time. It's the seventies, like ev- seems like everything goes. Uh-huh. But he's actually really sensitive, and he's he want he's trying to like protect all these women, you know, even though he's a pimp. But he's like protecting them more so than just like financially and stuff. Okay. You know, and uh, it's this sort of struggle like. Does he does he enjoy like he enjoys what he's doing and helping these women, but he realizes like he's he's too deep into this game now. He's too <laughs> deep into the drugs and the whatever, and he has to get out of it sort of thing. And his dad will be dying. I actually point. honestly could see when he mentioned like I forgot about the whole Tarantino. I could actually really see it in chapters like like you know how Tarantino is like chapters. Yeah. And, I could see that. I could see like the beginning, meant, like big three. That is the essence of Jackie yeah. Brown. So it's meant to be like this. These long dialogue scenes where. Um, like there's going to be like sort of plans and like things somebody, maybe somebody try to plot against him to take him down because they realise you know he's the fucking head on show in the Bronx now like he's he's, do, he's making moves and that so this is the sort of conclusion is yet to be confirmed but I let you can you can kind of let your mind I see where it's going you, you see yeah. where it's going here's the here's the thing Joe alright these guys are taking Tarantino to a place that Tarantino has been before. These guys are taking The Rock to a place that The Rock has been before. I want to take both director and star into a brave new world. All right, and that brave that. and that brave new That's world the is the zombie apocalypse. 
I, Tarantino has said many a time how he'd like to make a horror-inspired film. I'm going to let Tarantino do it. Picture the scene. You can't change Tarantino's it's still, it's still Tarantino. He said he wants, <laughs> he said he wants horror. Picture okay. the scene. The year is twenty twenty seven. Dwayne the Rock Johnson plays a guy called Mike Pence, and everyone always makes fun <laughs> of him for being named after the old white guy vice president that was under Donald <laughs> Trump. So Mike Pence is a man, and he's, he's a man. Though. He's divorced. I he said this is a horror. He's divorced. It's a horror comedy. Tarantino. Oh. He's divorced from his wife, okay. and his wife lives. He lives in Boston, and his wife lives across the country, in. Texas, okay? And she lives with their young son, Joshua <laughs> Pence, who is seven, okay? The zombie apocalypse breaks out, and the movie becomes a road trip. What kind of zombies are they? How, how is it they are slow that, that zombies who don't that, matter. That's they? never explained. The zombies yeah, are just... Several different types of the zombies. zombies are just there. They are slow. They are, are talking, ineffective. Are we talking, the living, just, are we talking the living dead types? Are we talking like outbreak of I'm talking like Walking Dead. Like ripping out of the ground. Yes, I'm talking like really <laughs> slow moving, old horror zombies that are no threat to anyone in the movie. Yeah. They're essentially just a backdrop. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's the zombie apocalypse. So basically, it's a zombie apocalypse where these zombies aren't doing anything, and he all he all he has to do is get to Texas. To I like you speak. Right. <laughs> you did, yeah. The Rock. The Rock has pretty to pretty get. Explain the entire series of the Walking Dead. So and it's not the Rock. Mike Pence has to go across the country to Texas to try and get Joshua and make sure he's safe in the zombie apocalypse. Now, I hear you ask, Joe Thomas. Where does Tarantino come into all of this? Well, I'll tell you where Tarantino comes into this. Imagine Tarantino's visual Kill Bill-esque style in a zombie apocalypse environment. Just, just picture that for a second, all right? And don't forget this is a road trip movie, so The Rock's going to be running into a colourful cast of characters along the way. We've got Bob, the shop owner, who only eats packets of Jaffa cakes for his dinner, which are not an American snack, I hear you cry, but he ships them over from the UK. No, hold on, right, so Tim Roth plays the man who ships the Jaffa cakes over, and Michael... I think I, I, think I see some plagiarism going on. Michael... This Ma- is Zombieland. Zombieland. This is Zombieland. This has happened. It's not Zombieland. Yeah, it's a road trip Twinkies, to the other end of the country. Jaffa cakes. Road like, trip a, a guy country. who only... A, a partner who only eats a dessert <laughs> food. Plagiarism at its finest. Hey, it's Zombieland actually. <laughs> Why don't you just subconsciously? No, no, I don't think of it. Maybe Zombieland. Instead of. Picture the scene. I was like, I let him go on the road trip, and then you mentioned Jaffa Cakes, and I was like, nope. I mean, you lost eyes when you say Jaffa Cakes. Like, I can't believe this. I actually never. I really didn't mean right, to well, plagiarize Zombieland. Can I, can I just before. Uh, you finished Zombieland even though I've seen oh, it. I'm, I'm, I'll accept <laughs> that I've ruined my own chances. Can I just point game. out, his film's been done, yep. his film's Jackie Brown, <laughs> and Jackie, Jackie <laughs> Brown slash Luke Cage season two. There's actually fucking nothing about Jackie Brown, isn't it? it, it, no it does, his movie kind of sounds like Moonlight, <laughs> and his movie is basically, I didn't want them to jump off the building, so let's write the rest of it. Well, I can't yes. Hold on. Let me see Moonlight. <laughs> So there we go. I only say Jackie Brown just because I like the music. In fact, I'm putting myself back in the game. Joe, do you know how much money Zombieland made? See, to remake that shit, you're making millions of dollars, my friend. Well, and you're putting The Rock in the poster. And Tantino's name. They've Boom. already announced a second one, so I mean... There you go. 
Is the rock on the poster, sir? No, it's Woody Harrelson. You didn't even let me finish my backastic characters, all right? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Glenn Close is going to be playing a woman who skins dogs, Oh, We have Robert De Niro, who has a primal fear about himself. Al Pacino will be playing a Cuban drug lord. Vin Diesel will be playing a tree. We will chop down that tree and burn it. Joe, is there anything you'd like to hear from him? Of us more yeah, before you make I, your decision. I gathered all the all the details. Who wins? I think my money would go to Ross. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what? I I liked your story, Jack. I do like the chapters thing. Yours I'm just kind of so... curious as to where the ending would be, because I've tried. I kind of had a feel for how it was gonna go, but I'm, I don't know. I don't know the ending. But then again, I don't know his ending. Yeah. He fucking gave you a two minute on the strongest. The strongest thing that he said, though, and it's very true, like. Like that, just that. that fuck Hobbs and Shaw. I don't know why he went on with Hobbs and Shaw. Like they should have picked up a spinoff of the two of them, the mm. Sam Jackson and the Rock, like in their own. Thing. This is Luke McLaughlin all over again. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the same it's thing that happened the last time. Yeah. I'm not happy. A guy comes in, he gives a two-minute pitch on another movie. Jack speaks for twenty minutes with a pure detailed presentation. Oh, I give a pitch that's cut off within the first two, <laughs> and you like, give it to this guy again. You, you can't be like because he plays around. This is history repeating itself. Oh. Well, in fairness, yours was history repeating itself because your film had happened. Fuck me. Well, I mean, in fairness, in Zombieland, it wanted Twinkies and could what, only find you know, snowballs. The you know what? The strongest I, pitches are usually those short, sweet, simple pitches. You know what? Mine's was thought of. much like. Much like the much acclaimed pipe bomb oh. on Suplex Retweet. That's true, we got a shout out on that pipe bomb. <laughs> we, um, yes, I said uh, maybe we'll go back to first time films. Hey, David Campbell, uh, how are you doing? <laughs> but um, we, I wrote the pipe bomb on a bus, generally from the slip road at the Hydro <coughs> to where we got off at George Square. I typed up the pipe bomb, that's how quickly I did it. I did the, from Scotston to Partick, which is about a 10 minute bus ride, I did this, I did this on, this and then, I did this then, just went, and generally, I don't have that many detailed notes, generally the only notes I have on it are, here's what I'm going to do here, my only notes are, a buddy cop film with Samuel L. Jackson, the fact that they were cast together and the other guys and killed off in five minutes, and the other guys, still bothers me, that's all I have that's all I said, you know what, here's what I'm going to do, I'm going to make a, like, I let you judge this, that's fair enough, I'll respect your ruling, but at the end of the day, I'm the one who's putting together this pitch battle show, and I did say, Ross, that you could have a spot if you won this match. However, I didn't say who he'd be up against. I'm putting him in the second triple threat because I've been screwed over by that bastard Luke McLaughlin and I've been screwed over by this bastard Ross McLeod. So you know what? I want both of them at the pitch battle show live in Glasgow. I'm going for it. Well, I mean... You'll need to tell me the episode to go back and listen to so I can size up Luke McLaughlin. But it seems like it seems like he'd be a more worthy opponent. Than oh. I tell you what, the money would definitely go to you if you had The Rock, Sam Jackson, and then brought Michael Keaton back as a, as the commanding officer of that the police. Oh, just making TLC. No, no, we'll, we'll change it TLC. We'll go for. We'll go. Complaining that we've done these. We'll go. We'll go Spice Girls this time. Well, hold on, no, no, no. Complaining that we've done This is why Rob Jane has been brought in for a judge for that show. No, 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 no. With a completely different motivation. Yeah, but can I just add? So where does the movie go? Where does it go? Where's it go? Where's the conflict? Where's the, where's the character? We're moving on from this. Can I just, I'm annoyed enough. Can I just, obviously, he, he can only find snowballs and he likes to eat Twinkies. I think Tim Roth 
wants Jaffa Cakes but can only find Rockies. <laughs> that's, that's David Campbell's film. I don't want a club! Do you know what the thing was? I completely forgot about that. The dessert thing. <laughs> the zombie land. Really See, you you said that, that like, the rock travel across. Right, we're moving, we're moving on. Don't go chasing waterfalls here, people. Black Panther was nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Alright. I asked on the first time film's Twitter page whether it should or not, and I forgot to pull the, 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 the poll. <laughs> Do you want me to check it just now? If you could. I forgot to write the poll numbers down. I asked uh, a couple, like a week ago, did Black Panther uh, deserve oh, a Best Picture nomination? Yeah. Our social media correspondent, so Ross McLeod, is getting the data so for us as we speak. We're on the air awaiting the details. Jack Higgins. We're live, pal. Did Black We're Panther live. deserve a Best Picture nomination? Yes or no? Yes or no? Is that more yes, yes, no. yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any reason? What's, 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 any reason for that specifically? What are, what are the other nominations? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. If I was in charge, then I would the nominee given the nominee, but like Wrong maybe it did, it did deserve it. Basically, I here's how the nominations are. Black Panther. Yeah, Black Panther. Roma. Green Book. What's the other? Wait a minute. Black Panther, Black Clansman, Roma, Green Book. Star is Born. A yeah. Star is Born, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. That's it. There's eight of them. Is there eight? Yeah, there's eight nominations for Black Panther. Are the other two are you want to give you the results? <laughs> What's the result for Black Panther? So, then? much like a, a referendum here, it's a yes, 45, no, 55. <laughs> Politics brought in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is it, yes, yes 55? Uh, yes, no, fif- no, yes, 45, no, 55. So, wow. the majority of people are saying that Black Panther didn't deserve the Best Picture wow. nomination, and a lot of people are saying it's tokenistic. No, I'm, one, I'm um, curious. Because the Black Panther was pretty huge in the state. So, I'm wondering if, like... Oh, what's the what's the? Uh, I had a hundred here in Scotland. You think most I, people want to Here's what I concert? here's what I think. Right, I think that because people Black are Panther saying like, that it was a politically charged decision for Black Panther mm. to get the Oscar nomination. Uh-huh. All right, because it was a it was a big deal was made. It was the first major superhero movie since played to have a huge black cast and take place in like an African country and stuff like that. So a big cultural moment in the movie mm-hmm. does play in those themes an awful lot within it within it. And I'll say this, I do not think Black Panther is a bad movie in any sense of the oh, word. I really enjoyed it. Here's the thing, it's not my favourite superhero movie that's no. came out this year. Um, I don't think it's the best superhero movie ever made. It's not even the best so, Marvel movie made this year. Yeah, so I think for it, it to be the first superhero yeah. movie to get the nomination when we had Logan that could have got it last year or two years I ago. Logan. That, yeah. But... I know a lot of people that didn't like Logan. Like having said that... It would be silly to say that Black Panther didn't have an incredibly big cultural impact, yeah, like you say. That's the issue, yeah. Well, not the issue. And, that's, that's what it's... and I think that should be rewarded in a sense. You know what I mean? And the reason we have, do you know the reason we have eight Best Picture nominations now at the Oscars? The Dark Knight in 2008 missed out on a Best Picture nomination. Oh. And after that year, the Oscars changed the Best Picture nominations from five to eight because they said because of the uproar that The Dark Knight did not get a Best Picture right. nomination yeah because Bale and uh, Ledger both get nominees don't they I don't know if Bale did I know Ledger won Ledger won, uh, right? Ledger won for Best Supporting Actor that year um, Bale might have got a nomination yeah, but I'm not sure I need to look it up I think he um, I mean, I'm not putting a rule down but like yeah if he didn't win that that would have been insane yeah he was <laughs> nominated that year against Robert Downey Jr. for Tropic Thunder 
the Topic Thunder got an Oscar nomination. Robert Downey Jr. got Best Supporting Actor nomination for Topic Well, I mean, he was a dude playing a dude disguised as an Oscar. Such range. Hugh Jackman said. How long ago was that? Hugh Jackman said the Oscars loved diversity. Robert Downey Jr. is a white American playing a black American playing a white Australian. How long ago was that? How long ago was that? 2008, So 10 years ago. Yeah. And that that role was nominated for. Can you imagine if a role like that got nominated today? Now yeah, for a supporting actor. But Hugh Jackman said, "Robert Downey Jr., a white American playing a black American being played by a white Australian." I mean, I, know, I get it. I get it. Me, I Hugh Jackman, it, I know that, I know an Australian man playing an Australian yeah. man in a movie called Australia. I get hosting. it. I get it. That that's the comic. You know, I mean, I get it. That's the comic take on it. That's the yeah. character. But like, still though. In, I know. Like Ed, today, I don't think. Can you imagine would. Eddie Murphy being nominated for Night Professor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the best picture goes to Norbert. <laughs> <laughs> Norbert <laughs> lost him a Best Supporting Actor nomination. Uh, no, a Best Supporting Actor win. Because he got nominated for Dreamgirls for Best Supporting Actor. Norbert came out and everyone hated it that much that oh, no one voted for him. See, I, I, I think that is total pish because you judge people based on. Because, I mean, in Hollywood there are certain more artistic actors that are up their own arse yeah. or are just generally horrible people Sean Penn being one of them <laughs> and uh, you don't judge them based on the other films they did judge them based on you judge them based on that film and that role alone because uh, it was Seventh Son came out yeah. the same year as I think it was Still Alice and mm-hmm. Julianne Moore, Moore got nominated and she refused to do press for that and I think there was another film that was really really bad that someday get nominated for that. I know year. Sandy won the Razzie the same year she won the Oscar, but she knew she was winning the Oscar, and so she, she showed up at the Razzie Awards uh, the night before to accept it, and she's like, fuck all you, give me worst actress, I'm going to win best actress tomorrow night. <laughs> I'll, I'll put down a, like, obviously, did it deserve it? I'll put yes and no. It's a <laughs> yes great, and no. It's a great film for a cultural standpoint and diversity, and I think that's more, more over in the States, mm-hmm. because I've seen it in Clybank, <laughs> like, like, obviously, Scotland. Obviously, yeah. Scotland is very welcoming to anyone that's not yeah. a, a white person. You know what I mean? But it's, <laughs> yeah. that's a, that sounded a lot better in my head. We're a diverse country, <laughs> yeah. but it is a, a predominantly white country, uh-huh. and it was a packed cinema, and it was full of white people, and the people enjoyed the film. I, I don't think. I think it was more prominent in America the, yeah. the cultural thing because well, it was. It was um, it was more Afro-American culture well, Irish, than yeah. like just black culture or African culture. Yeah, it was yeah. like African-American... No, it was... What I wrote about this... It, was like, it yeah. was like an origin of Africa, but the the culture within the movie was mm-hmm. like African-American mm-hmm. because the, the some of the dialogue was like like meme-like dialogue sometimes. I'll say, the, I will the, say, the, I'm going to say this though. I'm going to say this. I wouldn't have yes, given it a Best Picture nomination because I would have preferred to have nominated You Were Never Really Here, which we seen, the Lynn Ramsey really? movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, my, my take on that, that was... I, I liked it, but I would have nominated Black Pan for Elsewhere when it didn't get nominated, and I would have given Michael B. Jordan a Best Supporting Actor nomination for his role yeah. as Killmonger. See, uh, is Lynn put... Ramsey from here? No, Lynn Ramsey's Australian. Oh, okay, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Just in the road for Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I thought she was Scottish. Yeah. Um, but yes, no great film from a cultural standpoint and important for diversity. However, it's not even the best Marvel film that came out this year. And when you look at a, a, no, a uh, Infinity, War. Infinity War, that had multiple cast members of different origins and races and genders. Mm. And 
I felt that was a, a better one for the simple yeah. fact it was like like diversity isn't just colour and gender it's also where you're from I think as well. that, uh, you you make a, it comes like a good point that it's, yeah it's the amalgamation of all the different mm-hmm. di- uh, diverse cultures it's not <laughs> not promoting one culture yeah. to did Black Panther have a Hulk? I think at times Black Panther versed on Infinity War was written to yeah. include all these diverse cultures yeah. and, and show that there's over uh, like there's overlapping themes. Yeah. Whereas like in Black Panther, it was just like. But I don't, I don't, I don't, was, but like, I don't begrudge them that because obviously mm-hmm. we take it for granted sometimes that most and the majority of these superheroes are white and we don't have that big budget superhero who is black. Mm-hmm. So I don't begrudge Black Panther for for celebrating its blackness well, and not. putting it at the forefront of it. However, I would. She's Glen Ramsey is Scottish, by the way. Joe's just switching on me. Born in Glasgow, Scotland, Strathclyde, December fifth, nineteen sixty nine. That is, I thought so. I was like, wait. Like, but I would, I would agree with what Ross said earlier about the actor point. We don't need to take actors from all the movies we've done to consider nominations. We take it for the strength of that movie alone. I would say the same with Black Panther. We take all of the extra texture stuff out of it, Mm. the (laughs) hype, the cultural impact. Does the movie alone? As a as a work, deserve the best picture nomination. See, I watched it twice. Mm-hmm. I watched the first time I watched it in the cinema, and I was kind of under there was really big battle scenes and great dialogue and great fight scenes and all that, but kind of underwhelmed. I'd seen it a week after it came out, mm-hmm. and I think all oh, this hype and it's the best film ever. Yeah, like I I usually I don't see I very rarely see mm-hmm. superhero films the week they come out. Yeah. So I usually have gone in, it's the best film ever, or it's the worst film ever, and then I usually come out going, like, expecting the worst, expecting the best, and come out overwhelmed or underwhelmed either way. You're never just whelmed, yeah, what we say in Young Justice. You're just, like, like, but I watched it again, just standalone, and it's a good film, and I could, oh, maybe I was a bit tired that day, or maybe the hype was a bit yeah. too much, but it's a good film. Is it any better than any other Superhero movie. Superhero movie? I don't think so. I think Avengers. But I think you know, I'll probably get slated on Twitter for this. I think Iron Man, the first Iron Man, was a better film because that that took superheroes from the obviously the Dark Knight series. It was dark, totally. but that took superhero films to be a comedy and an action and a drama all in the one. And I agree. And launched a universe. Here's the thing. I honestly think as everyone goes on about 2008, mm-hmm. we only got the five films nominated, mm-hmm. and the Dark Knight was the one missing out. I think if you had the eight nominations back in 2008, we'd have two superhero movies nominated the yeah, same year, because I, I think Iron Man would have also got a nomination, because that's part of the reason I think Robert Downey Jr. got the Tropic Thunder nomination, was because they couldn't get the Iron, Man. Iron Man came out in the same year, you know what I mean? I so think, there was a lot of goodwill to him. I think mm. as well, uh, I did like, just to be sidebar, doing the press for Tropic Thunder, mm-hmm. he went, I did Sherlock Holmes, I've done Iron Man. What's the way to kill all that goodwill? I'm doing a blackface myself. <laughs> he, he went, I'm a self-destructive person. Yeah. I took but like you said earlier, we take it for granted, and I do agree with some of what Jack said about how some of the times it was a bit over the head. It was the, a bit too the over political, mm-hmm. The political message. Uh, and it's easy for us four white guys sitting here going, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, going oh, well, it was a bit too political for me maybe to 
certain communities they need to hear that. Maybe yeah. certain people change their minds. Yeah, it's not even that I've had a problem with it being yeah. being like that. Mm-hmm. I was or I didn't even think at the time. It was only when you start to analyse it like now. And you find it's, 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 it's when the it's when the well, story when you, when you start when to lose the story. story. Yeah, yeah, you're to push something. And that's why I liked Michael B. Jordan's performance because all of that historical backdrop completely played into the the. Uh, motivations of his character. That's mm-hmm. what his entire motivation was, and you it have that. You, you, it, you have that would beautiful you, would you speech. Say it kind of takes you out of the movie a little bit. Like it takes you. Out I of think it times, but it does play into it other times, and it feels natural. Yeah. Like that speech he gives at the end, where he's like, "I can use this technology to save you," and it's like, "No, where was someone to save my people?" Like yeah. when they were jumping off the the boats. Like mm-hmm. where were you then with this technology? You weren't there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the best villains are the ones that have. Yeah. the truest motiva- the truest motivations and a good point and that's the scary thing even about Thanos and Infinity War you're like, like he's making a decent point however yeah, he's going way too far with his uh, means to yeah. to try and fix it yeah. Killmonger's the exact same Killmonger is making a very legitimate Killmonger argument Killmonger is the worst villain named by ever by yeah. <laughs> evil man sadly like, rest in peace but sometimes they just named his characters of they, they take the, the piss out of that in Big Bang Theory yeah he always go. Uh, it was Raj going on about the like Matt Murdock, you know, uh, yeah, Millie the model, Peter Parker, Peter Parker uh, Jessica Jones, and <laughs> they're standing in line to meet Stanley and Howard goes. I'm actually going to skip ahead of you. Why? I'm not going to go after you pissed him off about your character. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just at the end. It's just like two Leonard live long conquer Stanley, two Howard Excelsior your friend Stanley, Raj Stan. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move on from the Black Panther debate uh, and Joe we're talking about the big game we're talking about the Super Bowl Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday, Sunday. Who's, who's, Super Bowl who is, Sunday who's competing of course we know who's competing it's the greatest American football team on the face of the planet Earth the New England Patriots come on the Pats Joe who's, who's getting beat by the Pats this Sunday I know anything about football. I just lived in Boston for four months. So now I'm just like a fan of all the teams. Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, so the Rams are getting rammed up the arse. (laughs) (laughs) Probably ruined in this game by... uh, Do you know? know. Fun fact, I I lived next door to... I lived next door to... Tom Brady. You can find his name there for like two minutes out of that. I lived next door to Tom Brady for four months. His house was next door to the building I was staying in and he's going to buy that property. What? The next four that's months. a lie. That's a, that's a false. It's not. Oh, are you talking about when you were in Boston? Yeah. Oh, what are you talking about, Erskine? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit. You just don't call me. I was like, who the fuck are you trying to fool with? Jesus. <laughs> right, no, I live next to Tom Brady in Boston just to clarify that. Um, Joe, obviously you have your opinions. <coughs> As an American, okay. the sport is called American football. Okay. Give me a prediction on who's going to win the game, but that's not what we want to talk about in a, f- a film podcast. What trailers do you want to see at the Super Bowl oh, this Sunday? Shit. I think we talked about this before once. I would like to see like uh, a released like movie right after the Super Bowl ends. Like the, the last year that well, was what you're sweet. referring to is Netflix, of course, last year in the Super Bowl. No one knew that Netflix was... Even close to coming out with Cloverfield Paradox, the third movie in the Cloverfield franchise, and we got the trailer during the Super Bowl Cloverfield Paradox. Everyone's like, "Well, this is exciting," and then it was like released right after, and then like the end of the trailer is like going to be released right after the big game. So yeah. it's like immediately dropping a movie, yeah. and we were all, I brought up the possibility to you earlier on. Sundance Film Festival is happening right now in New York. I believe that's where they have Sundance, isn't it? It's in New York. Sundance? No, it's in. 
Colorado, if I'm correct. Close enough. Anyway. <laughs> no, Utah, sorry. To Utah. Yeah. So, basically, Sundance, a lot of people are getting these films and they're trying to sell them to studios. So, Utah, you, yeah. you've heard, Utah. let's go to Twitter now. You've heard all the controversy with the... Uh, why can't I remember names tonight? Zach Efron uh, playing Ted Bundy, alright? Apparently, the rumour is... Netflix have acquired the Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie oh, and are going to pull made. yeah it's already been made, made. I thought it was in the making. and they're going to pull the stunt tomorrow uh, Sunday night at the Super Bowl the nice. same thing they did with Paradox to try and capture they, the Twitter attention they just released the Ted Bundy conversation series yeah they released the documentary is there not a bit of con- there's a controversy you know oh it's glamorising like people falling for murderers and it's like that's what he did he was yeah. a, he was a like it happened. It's, it's a it's an actual thing that happened. I was glad everyone. The common consensus seems to be in Twitter that everyone's agreeing with that yeah. point of view because at first when I was seeing, oh, very good to glamorise a murderer, and it's like right, like first of all, you can't judge a movie from a trailer. Mm-hmm. Like if Nicky was here right now, be saying the same thing. Right. He has a hatred of like movie trailers. They're there to advertise and sell you a product. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. I do think that we could see that trick with Ted Bundy. This Joe is writing something about a paper. Just tell me what it is. I'll, I'll uh, yeah, explain there. Explain to me later. <laughs> but uh, we'll go to Jack. Any trailers you think could drop during the Super Bowl on Sunday? Any big trailers or big films that are coming out coming up? Um, have we had a Toy Story trailer? We could have an R oh. Toy Story four trailer. No, there probably just, will be. They just announced Bo Peep's coming back. Well, Bo Peep's back. She's lost her sheep no more. I think she's the villain. Has there been one already? Yeah, because we discussed it a couple months. It was the the teaser where they were in the circle. And then there was John Peel. the commercials of the dude? I've got that done. Probably. They're probably used to a bit of Toy Story, I think. I don't think Pikachu's yeah. going to make it on there. Oh, I'd have loved it. Why haven't we got the countdown yet? We need the countdown to Detective <laughs> Pikachu. I, um, my mum and brother went to see, I think it was Deadpool 2, and that was, might have been, no, Grinch, sorry, The Grinch right. at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> it was the trailer for that, and she, she had seen it advertised, like, did load of rubbish, load of rubbish, and then it's one of the ones where she got forced to watch the trailer, and she was pissing herself off, and she's currently... She's currently trying to coerce my younger cousin Ellie, who's nine, to come <laughs> with her. So she has someone to go see Detective Pikachu with. Uh, we, we are a Detective Pikachu uh, household here at the First Time Films <laughs> podcast. We will hear nothing bad or negative about this movie. Jack, any more that you think will be coming out? Um, big possibility than that too. As well. Oh, and, uh, that's oh, one I didn't even too. think of. Oh, yeah. I didn't even consider that an option. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. It too, I think. We've, we actually got a poster yeah. for it recently, I think, so it could I be. still have it. Uh, Ross? Yeah, so, building on what uh, Joe said, I put, I'd seen the teaser for the Jeff Bridges as Big Lebowski, mm. curious to see what that's advertising. Mm-hmm. But in a spin off for that, I want to see a coffee commercial with John Goodman. Yelling at an empty coffee can. Shut the fuck up, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> that is all I want to say. I didn't think of film trailers or things that could be dropped. I just sat in the bus giggling at my own idea of nice. Donnie. <laughs> You're out We're going to get a Budweiser advert. It's probably going to involve a dog and a horse and landslides going to be involved. It's going to make you it cry. It will be American in a bottle. It, it generally <laughs> will be like. Yeah. Like, see, it's. We need tied a tight we, commercial. We we always we always like make fun with the rest of the world of like 
overly American uh, adverts and that, yeah. like Budweiser and all that. But then you go to Edinburgh and you see like these tartan shops with things that no Scottish person would ever buy that we, <laughs> we put to rip off tourists and we're like, yeah, we can't really slag the Americans, can we? I have a couple of my own trailers that none of you have brought up. I, I think <laughs> definitely we get another Avengers 4 trailer. Yes. I think... I think maybe we get a Captain Marvel trailer to try and build hype towards that. I don't know, because the Captain Marvel trailer, trailer I think, is already Do you think they've maybe put them out? Well, it might be on it, it might yeah, be on it, but I, I don't think it's going to be, gonna be anything new. I, I think, think there'll be a, a new uh, trailer that nothing will be, have been seen. Aye. When's uh, the next DC film? So, uh, uh, is the full cast been released for it Even if it's a Toy Story snippet one, like the Key and Peele one. Okay. I think it may be something similar to that. I'm definitely banking on Avengers 4. I think there's... I'd put it under 30% that we see an episode 9 trailer for Star Wars. I don't think it's out with the realms of possibility, though. Can we get an episode? Game of Thrones. Ah, oh, it'll be a Game of Thrones trailer. I think I actually just. But I think it'll be. I think you're right. I think we get our first full blown like actual look at scenes yeah. from the new season, maybe yeah. at the Super Bowl. I was just. I was sitting thinking there, like, I was doing the the magazines and the work day. Yeah. St- stacking the magazines. That's my day job. Glamorous. <laughs> the life of a student and part time work. <laughs> and uh, I, I found it a bit weird that the Game of Thrones was on the front cover. Of the February issue, uh, a lot of February issue of yeah. the TV Times, and I'm like, that, that just clicked me. Like maybe they're releasing the trailers, uh, and then uh, next week's issue it'll be more more interviews and what yeah. have you with the cast. They're building the hype train towards yeah. it, and this is a good time as any to. We're going to end the show before that. We've announced it on Facebook. We've discussed it briefly on here. Joe, this is the first time officially you're on the show, but you'll be on it a lot more when we launch our new podcast, a limited podcast, First Time oh. Thrones, where I'll be reviewing every episode of the final season. You'll be on the show with me, up. of course, Jack Higgins. You're going to be hosting the host of First what? Time Thrones <laughs> over here. We'll be joined by Big Sweeney. We'll be on the show. Big Sweeney. Big Sweeney and uh, Chrissy Ferguson. The, the oh, is Chrissy going to be on? Chrissy is going to be on the show. Uh, phoning I don't think in. I've seen him. Uh, our Irish correspondent, Chrissy Ferguson, will <laughs> <laughs> be phoning in live from where they film, like, try to get an interview with Amelia Clark. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're looking forward to it, yeah? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Have you done a rewatch yet of Game of Thrones? I was thinking, I, gotta, yeah, no. I have to catch up on it. Yeah. I, I got a lot to catch up so. A month's worth mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones to catch Is Ned Stark still alive <laughs> for you? <laughs> yeah. He's like, what does Sean B do during season five? <laughs> <laughs> this is something as well that's kind of hurt me this year because when I went back to college this year, it was a case of I very last minute applied. Yeah. So I applied on the Monday, got an email on the Thursday, got an interview on the Monday, and then get accepted on Thursday, and then started on the Monday, so it was like Monday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday, Monday. <laughs> it was like within two weeks I went from working full-time to working semi-part-time to, and doing college at the same time. And I've had so many things planned out, like I was planning to watch Arrow, Flash and Legends this year. Yeah. Throughout the year, I have not watched any of them. I have not watched Daredevil on Netflix, I have not watched... Uh, Iron Fist season two. I have not watched. I fell off with the Marvel Netflix shows. I stopped watching. I've not watched the Punisher. I think I've watched four yeah. episodes of that. And my plan was to rewatch Game of Thrones, and I'm just looking at the assessments and all the stuff I've got to do. <laughs> I'm out my house six days out of seven. <laughs> and I get one day off a week, and I'm usually hungover because I need a drink at the end of it. Aye. And it's just like 
Yeah, I'm not watching Game of Thrones this oh, year before it, and I'm, I'm actually kind of gutted. Well, well listen, you, 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 this will be easy for Ross McLeod then, because Ross McLeod will be doing a catch-up show on Game of Thrones before the final season comes out. Nice. We'll tell you all you need to know, <laughs> my friend, about the fact going into the final season. Joe, any last words from you? Uh, I'm just going to go today. back and say we forgot what about What's Upon a Time in Hollywood that'll probably be great shout uh, one at the half what is What's Upon a Time in Hollywood Quentin Tarantino's new movie coming yeah, out in August supposedly his last nah one more oh, after yeah. this, this no he's nice. doing the rock film we discussed it he's got Ross McLeod's movie to make produced <laughs> by Joe Thomas uh, Joe pleasure having you on the show it's been fun yeah you want us out your house soon. Everyone go up now. Yeah. Uh, Ross McLeod, a debut on first time films. A bit more chaotic than you're used to with each sleep Yeah, I'm like used to, yeah. like, Stephen complaining at me for going off script and yelling about Viscera for 40 minutes. We, we have no script here. Or, or like, <laughs> yell, yelling about how Billy Gunn should be a nine-time world champion. <laughs> and Kwaku is usually directing things like, you know. Yeah. Here we go. Timing, timing, timing. Yeah. So it is a bit more relaxed. Like I've started eating a munchie box. So but <laughs> <laughs> you have you enjoyed yourself? I did. Yeah. Nobody moaned at me for rustling Haribo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hate to listen to this back. It's just the sound of me going in chips. Jack, this has been fun. We had food this time. Uh, I know I've been Loki shitting myself the whole way through this. Yeah. It's not gonna lie. It's gonna have to replace about... Joe's cushions. I'm not, gonna... I'm not sure how much the mic picked up. I've just been sitting here. Like Corner trying to fucking escape. Okay. Well, that's a good way to end it. Uh, as any. You've really thrown me off now. I've forgotten what we're doing next time. <laughs> You've absolutely just completely thrown me off topic. Um, I do remember what we're doing next time, of course. I'm the oh, one who runs the show. If I don't know what's happening next time, so then who the fuck knows what's happening? You know what I mean? Uh, so, next time. We will be back, obviously. We will be back, and we will <laughs> be stalling, mate. Like we will be discussing <laughs> stalling as he looks for the, the we, schedule. We will be discussing Francis Ford Coppola's classic Best Picture winner, nineteen seventy four. That's wrong. Or is it wrong? Nineteen seventy four. We'll learn it for next time. The Godfather. <laughs> Fine. That's what we'll be talking about. And we have this is a prestige film, so we've got a prestige panel coming in. We have. The one, the only Conor McCann, and we have the one, the only Big Sweeney coming in to discuss The Godfather. All right, McCann, so, oh, he's a fucking pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Hot damn! Seventy four was part two. Seventy two is number one. Oh fuck! This is why I lost the sleep suplex retweet with <laughs> knowledge retention like this. Guys, we'll see you next time. Thanks for enduring with us during this chaotic show. <laughs> and for all of us at First Time Films, have a nice day. Bye-bye. Cheers, bye.